how do you get to a million views a month? Do you want to model after the guy that's selling Lambos right now, or do you want to model after Warren Buffett? Okay, if so, it's Warren Buffett, then why don't you look at everything he's written? I'm here today with Eric Sue. You're brilliant, man. Eric is a digital marketing expert and agency owner at Single Grain. By the way, the talking to customers never stops. Like, you have to build that into a muscle. If you want to fail as a marketer, work alone. Like, turn on the ads for what? Like, you haven't even tested it with, with hand-to-hand combat. You should nail it before you scale it. We put the cart before the horse, and we're more focused on making money than adding value. Imagine, you, you when you start something out, it sucks, right? Like, it's a turd. What's the phrase people use? It's like, if you polish a turd, it's still a turd. So, like, why would you scale a turd? You're listening to the Real Business Connections Network. Real Powered, powered by Balbert Marketing LLC. Subscribe now and check us out at realbusinessconnections.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome everyone once again to Learn Speak Teach on the Real Business Connections Network. I'm here today with Eric Sue. Eric, what's happening, brother? Yeah, I'm, you know, can't complain. Life's good. Uh Ben, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk to you. You, you're a marketing genius, brother, and and I mean that. And I'm wearing a high level shirt here, um, a sweatshirt, and I'm not even a client of theirs. So I want to start there because I'm curious on your opinion on this. I was on, I was at, I was speaking at Traffic and Conversion Summit in Vegas, and a high level had a booth, and basically all the booth was doing was giving away free stuff. They'd get your phone number and your email, and then every like three hours, they'd do a drawing where they'd give away an iPad or AirPods, or they had a little place where you could film a video, and they'd give the video away for free or a micro podcast, and I got a bunch of free like merchandise, like high level, well, I said high level, but high level quality stuff, not even a client of theirs, but I kept it on because I noticed I was going to talk to you today, and I was wearing it. What did they do and why did they do it based on what I just described here? Yeah. So first and foremost, thanks for the the kind words. What I would say is there's a good example of this. There's a similar story where my one of my friends, he sold his company for about $250 million. And we would we would actually both speak at a lot of SaaS conferences. There's this one SaaS conference we'd speak at in Dublin. And he would actually buy two booths, not just one, but he'd get two booths and he'd combine them together. And what he would give is he would give, there'd be a stage actually at his booth where people can watch talks. There was actually a podcast stage that he had as well. And he gave away free coffee. It was like high quality coffee and nobody else was really doing that at the time. Right now, everyone does that at conferences. And he he had a rack where there's a bunch of swag as well, a bunch of t-shirts and things like that. And it at the end of the day, he created something that was memorable. It wasn't just an experience. It was just, it's memorable, right? It's it's like, oh, it's that one company that did all these things. And inevitably, so he had a pricing agency, right? It was called Price Intelligently. And then it eventually evolved into ProfitWell. And, you know, eventually it's like, it's it's creating a lot of impressions at the end of the day, right? So for high level, for you to wear like their their high quality sweatshirt, like I wear my Asana, I, my Asana shirt is like years and years old. I have a lot of shirts that are super old, startup shirts and it's free marketing for them. They're just getting more impressions, right? Um, so I, I think it's like, if you have some resources, extra resources to do it, go, go ahead and do it. But I, I think it is memorable at the end of the day because the other, th- other thing is I know in the internet marketing space, 
a lot of people are talking about high level and maybe they just need a, a couple other you know impressions or just like little reminders to go take an action makes perfect sense a couple of details i didn't mention is they were playing music and they'd send you a text before every drawing so i swear to yep. god i was one of the speakers that i feel like there was less people there because everybody's at the booth and i don't even know if people understand why they're there they're just winning free stuff for no reason well people so. people like free stuff right people like free stuff people like the and there's also like a lot of it, it's it's fun it's like they they gamified it right so when you think about all the games that you might have played growing up it's like it, like think about the linkedin badges people like the top voice and all that stuff right now it's just all gamified at the end of the day and it makes people want to compete with each other is there value in being a top voice is it is it perceived value or is it something i, I think can it's, yes that's a great way to say it. It's perceived value. I, I see no other value besides that. I I got a couple of DMs. People were excited me when I got an Instagram check mark that I was verified and I paid yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah. I just paid for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You mean you you paid for it like in 2023 when they made it payable or Correct. oh yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah. That's worked out well for them. That that's been a it's added a couple, you know, nice eight figure side business for them. Well, I noticed like her Alex Hermosi had over a million followers and he was not verified at one point. And then Ben was able to swipe a credit card and get verified overnight. So <laughs> that yeah. says something. Yeah. I, I mean, it, you know, they changed it, right? Once they saw, once Zuck saw Elon charging for the, the check marks, he's like, oh, I'm just going to do the same thing. And I think they drive, yeah, it's, it's like a healthy eight figure thing for them. And it's not like much maintenance for them. So it's, it's good. Let's slow down to speed up because I haven't introduced you yet for the listener that isn't here for Eric Sue. They just stumbled onto this podcast. You're brilliant, man. Eric is a digital marketing expert and agency owner at Single Grain. He's the co-host of Marketing School podcast with Neil Patel. Um, I just noticed you guys just passed 2,000 episodes. That's badass. Did we? I think it's it's is it two thousand? Like I'm so just not, by the time by the time this comes out, it'll be well over two thousand. But um, it was at two thousand when I checked oh, last. Interesting. You know what's interesting? So here, like it's at twenty sixty. It's twenty six fifty nine right now. That's what it's at. Oh really? Yeah. When I went to Apple Podcasts, it said two thousand. So really? Yeah. Interesting. You mean like in the description or something? In the description in the top left, yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's that's uh I think they probably cap out at two thousand or something. Ah, and you have tens of millions of downloads. Have you tracked that? Yeah, it's uh so we we've like switched hosts a couple of times, but I would just say we're probably very close to a hundred million right now. So I also love the YouTube channel, Leveling Up with Eric Sue. You've had people like Cody Sanchez, Alex Armosi, Mark Manchin. Um, and you're really helping people get better one percent every single day. So I appreciate what you're doing, what you're doing with Neil. And uh, to add value to the listener that maybe isn't like a nerdy marketer like us, I, I kind of want to challenge and do something we haven't done before. Let's say we were to launch something. Let's say one of two things. Our business is just not reaching its potential because we aren't marketing or we're starting something new. So to reach its potential, we got to start marketing um, let's walk through what that even looks like. So what's coming to mind, whether it's a SaaS product, a service, B2B, B2C, what should be our like hypothetical case study of the day? And we can walk through it. 
let, let's use my business as an example, because I'm sure there's a lot of agency owners, service people mm-hmm. listening to this. Um, so service means you're just providing a service, like whether it's plumbing or interior design or something like that. And so let, let's say hypothetically, you need, I don't know, 50 leads per month, 50 qualified leads. So these are people that are hand raisers. These are people that are qualified to work with your business. There's like the perfect leads, right? You need 50 per month. Now, most people that be like, oh, okay, well, what do I need to do to get to 50 leads per month? Now, the problem with that is that you're very constrained in that thinking. So how you might want to think about it is what do I need to do to get 500 leads per month, qualified leads per month? Then that thought exercise removes those constraints and it forces you to think a lot bigger. And so, for example, like for us, what's working really well is programmatic SEO and so I, I went to I went to our developer and I said, hey, like, okay, what would we do if we, need, we wanted to 10x our our goal? And he said, oh, we just go all in on this, but in like all these other areas, this, 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 this. And he's like, I'm on it, right? And that like freed his mind to to go go do that. And so I would say like whatever industry that you're in, it's like so for some people. By the way, like if you're doing plumbing and you're you're getting a good amount of leads from. Instagram reel ads or something like that, or Instagram reels right now. It's like, okay, how do you 10 X that? Well, you, you're going to have some reels that pop off. And like, how do you go hard on that with TikTok ads, Instagram reels, ads, YouTube shorts ads, if those aren't available yet, but you get my point. Right. And then you add a call to action at the end of it. So that's just going a little extra mile. And that's now you're able to 10 X it. Cause you can spend on ads for this stuff. Right. And so I, I think it just like, you want to first ask yourself, how you can set the goal a lot higher because that gives you a margin of safety. Like even if you shoot for the moon, you're going to land on the star. Wait, sorry, shoot for the stars, land on the moon. And yeah, most people constrain their thinking and that's why they aren't able to get to the, to, to where they want to go. Mm. So constrained thinking, and it really is as simple as what's working and popping off organically. Let's modify it and beta test it as an ad. Yeah. And, and like, that's like one example. It's like, reels are doing well for you. I think the problem is a lot of people guaranteed a lot of people that that go to like a conference, like, like traffic and conversion, which is a great conference. Right. But I remember when I went earlier in my marketing career, I was listening to every single talk. I wanted to do every single thing. And I would come back from the conference, super motivated. The problem with that is when you, when you split your resource so much, and and Peter Thiel actually said this, this well, uh, he he said that, look, you, you tried five, 10 different things. You split your resources that is the worst way to go about things because you can say, oh, all these things are complimentary, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is you're only capable of so much. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how rich you are. It's just like you're only one person. And by the way, like if you're the only founder of the business, you are the one that's incentivized to to push the hardest. Like you can't get distracted. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining a huge bucket with a lot of water and then you pour it into a bunch of smaller buckets and then none of the buckets have hardly any water in it. But the right. first bucket was overflowing. So we do want to have maybe a couple buckets to share it in. How do I know what my buckets are? Like, so I'm doing well, I have some momentum. How do I know like what's working and what to focus on because of the the analysis paralysis of all these different ideas? How do I know what to choose? Yeah. Yeah. So in, in, in software, people use this concept of product, product market fit and product market fit just means people are, it's the, the, the product that are services is flowing, right? Like it's just selling, like you're getting, you're getting leads, you're closing. And, you know, I think about this Peter Drucker quote as well. It's, it's, there's only two things that matter in business. One is innovation. The second one is marketing. So as long as you're driving leads and then you're innovating, if you're innovating well, like you're, you're probably not going to have that much of an issue closing too, then you're, you're going to be fine. So I, I would just say that at a, at a very high level. Um, but 
I just want to be a little more precise here. What was your question again? So, so I make sure I get it right. Okay. So um, I have a overflowing bucket. Now right. you could just get the same bucket and do the same thing. I imagine just flow into that one. But let's say I have all these different ideas, different smaller buckets that I could work on. Yep. And I, I'm already kicking butt at the one thing, but I want to yep. integrate something new. I have 12 yep. options. How do I yep. know which one to pick? Yeah. So, okay. Let's, do you mind if we use you as an example? Yeah, please. Okay. What's, what's your main business? Ben? So it's shifted. So it was originally local marketing, you know, mm-hmm. for beta service-based businesses, and yep. I'm shifting more to podcast marketing and influencer marketing. Got it. So it's services business, correct? Yeah, it is. Got it. And then do you like, what are the other things that you might want to move into? Um, it's, it, Oftentimes it's like considering other platforms like traffic and conversions is a great example. One of the ladies talked about seven second reels, how those yeah. are going really well, virality yeah. in that, yeah. Um, yeah. building a community, how to do that. And yeah. it's like I could start a Mighty Networks community, a Facebook community. I can do reels. I don't yeah. use TikTok. I could do TikTok. LinkedIn's yeah. where most of my clients come from. I can yeah. just inject more steroids into LinkedIn. There's yeah. lots of options at this time. Okay. Great. So we're talking about the marketing mix right now, kind of, right? Yeah. Okay. So LinkedIn, how many how many impressions are you getting? How many views are you getting per month right now? I re- I really should know. Uh, okay. In the, ten- so, so that's in the my, ten- my- tens of tens thousands, of thousands. tens of okay. thousands, but not incredible. Okay. So how do you get to a million views a month? That's a you good know what question. I mean because yeah because so that that's the thought exercise, right? Because the 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 thing is, you're saying you're getting clients from LinkedIn. It sounds like there's some potential there. Now, if you're getting tens of thousands of views, it's like, it's okay, but it's, it's not like amazing. And there are people, you know, for a fact, that are getting, you know, millions of views per month, right? Um, I actually read about this on, on Twitter the other day. There's a, a guy that's probably in his 70s, 80s or so. He's still selling real estate, commercial real estate in New York. And he's just writing all these stories on, on LinkedIn. And over the last 90 days or so, he got 10 million views. And you have to bet that of that 10 million, he probably got at least a couple of leads from that. And so, and we, we know that podcasting is growing as a medium. And so the, the question is how you can do this thought exercise later. How can you get to a million views a month? Because you have like the main thing for people, whether it's a business, like deciding on a different business bucket or a different marketing bucket is they haven't even maxed out what they currently have. And then they decide to move to something else. Oh, it makes perfect sense. The one, <laughs> it seems silly because you probably knew this, but a great tip that I learned is that on LinkedIn, if you're putting together an event from your page, you can't have an opt-in form that where they type in their name and email. But if you put it through a business page, you can have an opt-in form where they type in their name and email, then they opt it in with the email and then you can retarget them via email. And I've been hosting events through my personal page for the personal branding. But again, Mm -hmm. that's just an example of something I learned. I'm doing LinkedIn, but I'm not doing it as well as I could. I didn't even know that. No, that's, that's a good one. It's really as simple as if you're putting together an event, it could be a live event. You guys could live stream marketing school and get people to opt in to view it. And then you have that's funny. We, we actually, um, we used to do that like years and years ago, actually 2019, 2020, we were live streaming all the marketing schools and now we're just like, we're doing more in person now. So, you know, we could, we could live stream it, but we're just too lazy. So let, let, let's go to this example and kind of break it down. I, I don't know even know where we're going to take this. So I, I'm 32 and I'm finally in shape. I've never been in shape my entire life. I've never been a good athlete, but I hired a personal trainer. And if he can get me in tip-top shape, he can get anybody in tip-top shape. And he was even asking me today, and I don't do Instagram advertising. I'm not an Instagram expert. He was asking me, like, 
I'm trying to give away a free program for like 30 days free. And if they hit their goal, then I make an offer for the next step. And like he has a great program. It's free. It's losing weight. He launched it at the new year. There's all the reasons that it would work. And I know for a fact he's really good at what he does, but he couldn't get anybody to sign up for his free thing. And he was talking about, well, should I run some ads on Instagram? What are your thoughts on the situation just to get started? Too early for him. I would recommend he reads the the blog post from Paul Graham about doing things that don't scale. Most people, actually most startups die from premature scaling. That is the number one cause. It, timing is like a close number two. Like if you came up with like AI in 1980s, like it's probably too, a little too early. Um, but, you know, now it's like, a, you know, the, the right timing for it. But I think that's the 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 problem. I think with with most people that are starting out, it's like, oh yeah, when should I turn on the ads or whatever? It's like, well, turn on the ads for what? Like you haven't even tested it with with hand to hand combat. You should nail it before you scale it. And most people are just, I don't know, they they, they see everyone else doing it, and so that's like someone else's maybe chapter seven or chapter ten, and they're they haven't even started chapter one yet, and they want to move to chapter seven. So I think it's just sometimes it's about slowing down a little bit. And I know I talk fast, but like, that's why I have this turtle in front of me, right? It reminds me to, to take it slow sometimes. And it's, it's even on my phone too, right? Slow down right here. So I think he should slow down. Mm. What, what should he be focusing on? He should be focusing on talking to customers. He should be focused on doing customer development. He should be focusing on testing his offer with his friends and family first, and then going around to his like his other circles, and then maybe to to other like clients like you and testing the offer, seeing how people are reacting to it. And then once maybe he gets, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 50 people that take it, then he can think about running ads. But he hasn't nailed anything right now and he's trying to scale it. Like imagine you, you when you start something out, it sucks, right? Like it's a turd. So like, why would you scale a turd? Like you wouldn't want to do that. You want to make sure that it's it's actually a good offering. So that's what I would say. So a scale turd is just a larger turd. Yeah. It's like, what are the, what's the phrase people use? It's like, if you polish a turd, it's still a turd. So it's true. It's true. How, um, you said you test an offer. How do you test an offer? I'll give you an example. So yeah. there's a company I invested in called Levels. And they, they have a, it's basically a continuous glucose monitor that you put on, but it, it looks at your blood sugar. It looks, it's, it's basically measures a lot of things with your biometrics. Right. And I remember when the, the CEO reached out to me, we had a conversation and then I realized that he was doing customer development, meaning he was asking me a lot. He's like, do you use a Peloton? Do you do this? Do you do this? Do you do this? Right. And I was like, so how many of these have you done? He's like 4,000. 4,000. Okay. And you know, they still hadn't started to scale ads or anything like that. He was doing a lot of customer development to help inform how he wants to handle his product roadmap and how he wants to build his company and how he wants to like, basically how he wants to move things forward. Right. And most people aren't even willing to do like 50 of these or even 10 of these or five of these or so. So that's how you have to start. And that's like an extreme version of doing it. But even like the, the good thing about about being in the Bay Area is that, you know, it, it's a very dense area. And then, in, you know, called pre 2020 or so, everyone's just meeting up with each other. Hey, let's meet at this coffee shop over here. Let's, let's, let's do this over here. So people, a lot of people are doing customer development, right? Um, I think the problem with, with the marketing world is we just try to, we try to amplify something that sucks. And so that, that's what, I mean, it just goes back to what I said. Mm, amplifying something that sucks. So it goes back to, again, a silly, simple question. How do you ensure it 
doesn't suck because I'm a firm believer in word of mouth. I think it's brilliant and I want my clients to be cheerleaders for me, advocates for me, but none of that's possible without a good product. And how do I ensure that my product or solution actually is good? Like, what do you look for? Yeah, I mean, you have to. So it goes back to the same boring thing I'm saying. And I I recommend everyone read the book, The Mom Test. You're just going out there. You're asking a lot of questions. You're iterating. And as you iterate your product or your service, you're still talking to customers. You're constantly like, by the way, the talking to customers never stops. Like you have to build that into a a muscle. And it's like, hey, okay. So for example, let's use the, the agency, my agency as an example, right? Sometimes I'll still get on calls with clients and be like, okay, so how are things going right now? Oh yeah, this, that. Oh yeah, it's so good. Okay. I, I was like, and I don't, I don't really care if they say it's good, um, but I'm more so, hey, like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how, how innovative have we been? Right. And 10 being max and like, oh, yeah, you know, eight or something. I was like, okay, so what's stopping it from being a nine? And then, then I'll ask them, like, I always ask them at the very end, what is one thing that we could do better? And then you get the real gold, right? So, well, like I could use you guys like being a little more proactive sometimes with the ideas and all that. Okay, got it. Okay, that's a good insight. Then it's like, okay, so how do we actually start to be more proactive? How, how can we start to be more innovative? How do we actually measure that? But you don't get that insight unless you talk to the customers. And again, I'll go back to it again. Like I come from the internet marketing, digital marketing world, but the, the thing for me is like, I actually worked in tech as well, right? And I think the problem with most, internet marketers, I would say is, and it's funny, that's still even a phrase today is, um, you know, we, we, we put the cart before the horse and we're more focused on making money than adding value. And that's what makes the industry get a bad rap. And that's why I tend to, you know, I tend to like, tend to avoid those areas. Yeah. I can only imagine quick hit money wins is a race to the bottom. Cause you have to completely launch something new, launch something new, churn, churn, churn. Um, you like I forget exactly. let's use let's use courses as an example right yeah please like, when you think about all the people back in the day it's like oh my god you know they're making so much money i'm not going to name any names right but it's like constantly like here's a new course and then like you know a quarter later here's another launch and then here's another launch and it's like non-stop launches right and then i remember like helping some of these people with their 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 course and and there's some of them like you know there's some people some people you work with in the business world are super humble they're super kind they're super generous and then people in this world are just like super, like super money driven, which is, I, I guess, I guess that's fine. But the, the part that's not fine is maybe they're not humble. They don't treat their staff. Well, they're, they're, um, they're in, in a sense, they're, they're pretty rude. Right. So, um, you know, I, I think you have to use the right incentives to guide what you want to do for the long term. Otherwise you're going to end up like that. Yeah. We don't want to be that. And I noticed to step back a moment, you had an inflection point on the term internet marketers. Talk more about that. Is it, you don't like the term? Yeah. I mean, I would say mate, I started learning from internet marketers when I was like 22 years old or so. And then as I started to explore more, so 22, I started working for different companies. I sort of started working for media companies, for agencies. Then eventually 25, I became like a VP of marketing for a tech startup. And I just saw all these different worlds, right? Where these people are building multi-billion dollar companies and they're just trying to improve the experience for all their all their customers, right? Um, but then when you look at the internet marketing world, it's, it's like, oh, like what's the next offer I can push? Um, what's the next course I can sell? What's the next thing I can sell even though I don't have any knowledge, right? So it's just, it's, it's again, it's, it's ass backwards, right? It, you put the cart before the horse. Um, when you think about how you can build something for long-term and then work with long-term people, play long-term games, that becomes that it forces you because you're thinking long term, it forces you to be humble. 
Because if you can't think long term, you're very short term minded, then then like you're just all about yourself, right? But if you're long term minded, like a Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger, mm. you can't you can't quite see them here, but they're they're both over here. These these, these two guys, um, like they remind you to be patient. They remind you to be humble. They remind you to to stay focused. And uh, you know, look, they literally have the blueprint. So just copy them. And anyone listening to the audio, you've got a ton of books behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's a stack. There's like two stacks over here too. So. So, all right. So quick question. It's fair to assume anyone who's a business owner, an entrepreneur, revenue driven, they have to market whether they know they're marketing or not. Correct. I believe everyone needs to know marketing because going back to what Peter Drucker said again, like, and I I think they should stick with people. It's like two main things that matter in business, man, innovation and marketing. It's not, there's no talk about sales or anything like that. It's just like marketing innovation. That's it. Hmm. I like to add in communication, the ability to communicate that message as well. I'd say that goes into marketing. Goes into marketing. So it's fair to assume it's required. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what does a crappy marketer look like? And then we'll talk about what a good one looks like. But what does a crappy marketer do? Explain a crappy one. So let's do this. So Charlie Munger has this thing he likes to do called inversion, right? So you always want to Oh, yeah. So so basically – uh, what do you need to do to be a crappy marketer, which is the question you asked, right? So one, you need to never talk to your customers, which I've been like pounding the pounding the pavement on, right? And a lot of marketers don't do that. Um, two is to never be willing to fail. That's another one, right? You have to be willing to experiment. Um, and three, related to the failing piece is is people that are never willing to never willing to run experiments, right? Like and and actually sit, let me just tie that in with, People that are that have strong opinions that are strongly held, meaning that you can have a strong opinion, but if they're held loosely, then that's good because you can change your mind. But if you don't have an open mind, then it's like then you're, you you remain stagnant, right? I'm trying to think about all the other situations where I failed because it's easier to just think about, hey, where do I need to fail? So like I just don't go there, right? And then you basically just have the reverse. So like this, whatever answer I'm giving you right now, that that is just the reverse of that is the answer to your second question. Um, so other areas. Not communicating with your team. So that that's another big one. And, and like, you know, I made things really difficult for my team back in startup day when even though we had like a record day in sales, it made it made everyone hate me, right? Um, what else? Oh, good marketers. If you want to fail, like, oh, sorry, let me, let me reverse it. If you want to fail as a marketer, work alone. Like people, I would say there's a lot of people out there. Sure, they make, you know, they make decent money a year, right? But the ones that I've learned how to scale and build a team around them, those are the ones that really get leverage. And so if you want to, if you want to fail as a marketer, operate in a silo. So those are just a couple that come to mind. I love what you did there. So to simplify it, you're basically saying, if I were to fail, this is what I would do. Yep. And then you're unveiling what you actually need to do to be successful, kind of yep. by focusing on the negative first. Yep. And by the way, here's here's the last one I'll I'll add there, Ben. Um, So yes to what you said. And I would say failing marketers, they're the worst marketers. They they never learn. They're not improvement obsessed. In case we missed anything, that'll get us to the next stage. That'll get us to a high-class level of marketing. What do the world-class marketers do? Is there a secret that people just don't know about, or is it really as simple as the fundamentals? Like, what do the world class marketers do? Yeah, so it actually dovetails from my the last point I gave. It's the world class marketers are improvement obsessed. So I'll give you an example. 
in about 13 days or so, there's a group of us getting together. And these are all people that started as marketers mostly and became they're all really great marketers, but we're all entrepreneurs now, right? Like one is Syed Balki, you know, he's got the the WordPress holding company. Another friend, he's got like a $350 million a year telecoms company. The other guy I mentioned, um, Patrick Campbell, who sold his, his pricing agency for 250. Like we're all, we're all getting together. And whenever we get together, like we got together in, in Turkey last year. Uh, and that was, that was a fun time. We went to Boldrum. And so we go to cool places, but you know, we're not, we don't party, right? We're just there to learn from each other. We're just there to hang out with each other. We're there to play basketball, tennis and all that. And so I would say the best marketers are improvement obsessed. And that improvement obsessed piece leads to, for example, you going to events, you eventually speaking at events, right? Or them joining masterminds and then putting together their own retreats or putting together their own dinners. They're very good at connecting with people that are higher level and they're very open-minded about learning from each other. And and they're also very, I mean, they tend... The, the the really great ones are always humble. They don't really talk about how rich they are. They don't really talk about this and that. They just talk about, hey, this investment they're making, they're traveling over here, this and that. And um, yeah, that's what I would say. So if you're a really good marketer, you're up and coming, even if you're like t- mid-20s right now, you can put together your own dinners. Like that's what I did. I was, I was broke at the time. Our first dinner, I got a bunch of marketers together. I only had a half-eaten bag of chips for us to eat, right? So we're super poor mode. And then um, eventually, you know, we leveled up to having like, you know, Mediterranean food. Like it just got better and better, right? But my point mm-hmm. is there's no too, it, you're not, there's no too early on this. Like you can start at any time. Start at any time, continue to stay humble, continue to level up. And wow, this is kind of a hot take. You'll understand my opinion really quickly on this, but I'm curious on yours. I see so many people like renting a Lambo, um, mm-hmm. even renting a model to pose as their friend on some you know boat that they mm-hmm. rented. And it actually converts. It actually leads to sales and actually leads to the Lambo eventually for yep. a lot of people. But yep. From just outside observation, I'm not in this class, but the highest class, the highest wealthy people, they're wearing like a sweater vest and they're sitting at a diner hanging out with their buddies and then they tip 400% because they can. I feel like there's this image of what you're supposed to look like and what you're supposed to do to be successful. And it actually works with some people, but the people a level higher than them don't do any of that shit. What's your opinion on this? Because I feel like it's the twilight zone sometimes. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, I don't know about you in your 20s. I mean, me in my 20s, I mean, even in, when I was like in my teens, all my friends would talk about, oh my God, this car, that car, this car, that car. And I, I think we talk about those things and I, I wasn't really interested. I was like, okay, whatever, because I was just, I like playing games, but we don't have purpose in your teens. You don't really have purpose. And so you, maybe you think that's the purpose you should be aiming for. It's these material things, right? And that's why that stuff converts for people that are 18, maybe in their mid into their mid twenties or so, because they don't know what to aim for. Like they don't know any better. Right. Um, And they just assume like, that's what I should aspire to, to get to. And that stuff to your point, it converts. There's high click through rate, things like that, because what happens is people start to engage on it. People start to comment and it gets reinforced. Like the, the, the old person that's sitting there reading a newspaper or whatever, or like reading a book, it's like, that's not going to get much engagement because that's boring and that takes work. But the assumption is if you get a car, you're, you're, you're going to get the babes, you're going to get everything else and you're going to get all the material things. And then you realize when you actually get there that those things really don't matter. And it's for, for those that continue to market that way. Well, I mean, they're marketing something that it's, it's also very short term because it's like, they're, they're just aiming for the short-term cash grab, right? They're not aiming for the long-term. So that's my interpretation of it. Like, I understand why people market that way. I also understand why it appeals to people. Mm. 
I'm curious. I'm just hammering on this, but I, I have you here, Eric. The the ethics around it. So you want to send your kid to the finest school. You want to afford a wedding that you've been planning and a honeymoon with your wife. So does the end justify the means that I'm going to be just kind of a sloppy, cliche Lamborghini marketer because it gets me to the level where I can do that for my family? Or is that an ethical, like there's a lot of nuance there. I, I wonder, yeah. is it worth, is that, do the ends justify the means in these scenarios? It's really whatever narrative you tell yourself, everyone justifies it in their own way, right? So when I, I was eating lunch the other day and I was watching something where this this guy from Vice was interviewing two people that they're masked up and they, they rob they rob these uh, home games, these poker games, right? And the guy was just like, you know, you have to kill or be killed. And the guy was like, have you had you have you shot anyone? It's like, oh, absolutely. Like you you got to kill or be killed. And um, the one time the guy was 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 taking too long to give me money, so I sh I shot him six times, right? Um, and so it's like, yeah, he and I was like, man, he really justified it in his mind. So. I think the short answer to your question is like people will find whatever justification and you know, everyone has their own opinion on how, how to do things. But I, I think it's like, you just look at, again, like you just look at the people that have succeeded, whether it's uh, Charlie Munger or Warren Buffett, like they, they, mm. they did it till the very end. And it's like, are those like, is that someone, someone I want to be like when I'm like 97 years old? Yes. Right. I think it's really easy. Like people talk about mental models, but also like human models too. It's like, who do you actually want to model after? Do you want to model after the guy that's selling Lambos right now? Or do you want to model after Warren Buffett? Okay, if so, it's Warren Buffett. Then why do you look at everything he's written? Why do you look at mm. everything that's been written about him? And then just try to copy what he's done. Take what he like, take what you like from him and then become that instead of, you know, the, the Lambo dude. What about the thought that, well, Warren Buffett has never wrote a sentence, maybe he has now, but a sentence on AI He's coming from a different paradigm, a different world. I mm -hmm. can't follow Warren Buffett anymore because he doesn't understand the world today. No. What would you say I to think, someone? I think you can like pieces of people. And so, for example, right, like it, it's uh, so there's actually a lot of people listening to this Adolf Hitler podcast right now. Um, and like, you know, I don't know about you, but like I'm a World War II buff. Like I, I spent a lot of time, I, I rewatched Saving Private Ryan, all these things. Right. And I started listening to that thing. It's like. You know, what I'm interested in is like, how did this guy gain so much power? This guy had nothing before. And mm. like, he was kind of, he was kind of like lost, like into like maybe his, his late twenties or so, but somehow he gained all this power. So it's like, um, I'm interested in the patterns that like got him there. Like, do I want to be him? No. Right. But I'm, I'm interested in like, how did he do that? Right. Um, and so I, I think like Warren, going back to Warren Buffett with the AI, like he doesn't like, they don't like Bitcoin. They think it's rat poison. Right. Um, like I like crypto, right. I, I, I like the idea of blockchain. And, you know, the AI stuff, like, I get it. Like, he doesn't really understand that stuff. And he's like, in his 90s, like, that's fine. And like, he's just like, I'm just going to focus on what I'm good at. And I really respect that. Mm -hmm. And so I think one, you can really like pieces of people. The second piece is also understanding his perspective. Like, even my mom right now, she's in her mid 70s. Like, she doesn't want to learn how to like, you know, if I ask her to download an app, like she'll just throw up her hands, like, just be like, why? Right. So um, I think it's also trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes as well. Such a powerful point. So so we're young and we got to end on AI because everyone will be mad at me if I don't bring up AI with Eric Sue. So we're young and just getting started. We have most our career ahead of us. Can we be successful without adopting AI? I mean, you can, depends on the industry that you're in. Like if you're going to sell Fair. something like, Fair. you know, soil or something, <laughs> probably okay for a while. Um, but I mean, the, the broader question is, is online marketer, I, large audience. Yes. I don't, it's no different than the internet. 
it's no to me it's it's no different than the internet it's no different than like the the advent of the computer chip right it's it's no different than the advent of you know the industrial age like cars and all that stuff right um it's just a part that's going to it's another layer to our society and it's going to make things a lot more efficient and it's it's all technology is designed to make things more beneficial or helpful to humans now who knows like if this is actually the probably the is this going to be the case where like humans get replaced right like that's a question mark but I do believe that you're going to be left behind because when you look at developers right now, they're 10x engineers where if they use AI co-pilots, they're a lot faster. And same thing with marketers too. Like we've, you know, everyone uses it for content creation right now, but we're doing it for, you know, programmatic SEO. We're doing a lot of, we're doing, you know, AI assisted conversion rate optimization on our site. And those things weren't possible a year ago and now they all are. And so I think if you don't like, like, for example, here, I'll give you, this is an easy story for people to picture. When you think about TripAdvisor, what do they rank for? They rank for a lot of things to do in Tokyo, things to do in Japan, things to eat in in Rome or something like that, right? Millions and millions and millions of pages. They get about 127 million visits per month from SEO. They rank for about 19 million keywords or so. And so, but they've been doing this for like, you know, decades, right? And the technology they were using is now available to people like you and me. So why mm. would we not do that? Because they're a publicly traded company and they do really well for themselves. And the people that take advantage of it right now and and jump ahead, they're going to they're going to have a significant advantage, at least in SEO. For just going off this example, because the way SEO works is the rich keep getting richer. Like if you're ranking already, you're going to rank for more stuff. You're going to get more links and things like that. So that's an SEO specific example, but you can carry that over into podcasting, social, whatever else. What about for that small business that's like, well, I'm not TripAdvisor and I could go hard quick, but maybe it's just not for me. How am I going to rank with all these other people doing the same thing? What would you say to them? You know, there's there's something. So let's say I'm, let's go. Let's say I'm a plumber right now. I'm a plumber, and there's actually a there's a new software that came out recently. They just raised about six seven million dollars called Unity GTM. So again, that's Unity Go to Market UnityGTM.com, and this will actually help you find warm prospects where if they change a job or they visit a competitor's pricing page or they visit your pricing page, it's going to automatically reach out to them. There's these AI dollars out there. There's one called bland.ai. There's another one called air.ai, which more agencies are probably aware of, but it can make 500,000 calls for you, right? Um, now, is it amazing right now? Like, yeah, maybe it's like 70, 80% there, but like in a year or so, you can bet your ass it's going to be like 99% there. And so I think leveraging these technologies and not being afraid and being willing to fail forward, right? That's going to set you apart from the other the other marketers. And I'll, I'll say this, like I've been in the marketing space for a little bit now and the ones that have evolved have always just been trying to learn more. That's the only difference. The ones that have stayed stagnant, I would just say two things. One, they never try to learn more. Two, they're too unfocused, right? And I, I've been guilty of that in the past, being too unfocused. Mm. So again, you flip it. Learn more, be focused. <laughs> it's really that simple. Because that, that we'll, we'll end on just another simple question because we do have all the access to the same tools. Life has never been easier. Is that going to turn some people into bad marketers or bad business owners because they don't understand the fundamentals? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because that's just a big concern of mine that if I don't understand the fundamentals, I don't quite understand what's going on. So let's use AI chess for an example. AI chess, the AI is going to beat the human every single time. But a smart human is going to study, why did it make that move? 
why did it go this way? I would have went that way. And the human's going to use the AI to better themselves. But I think most humans are lazy. And is this going to just create a lazy populace that doesn't actually know what they're doing? You know, it's funny. My, my uncle said 99% of human beings are useless. And what's <laughs> interesting is my cousin who works for the government was sitting right next to me. He's like, I tend to agree with that. So he, <laughs> he said that, right? And I was like, whoa, like I didn't expect that. And then my, my uncle was like, you know, there's only, there's only so many Elon Musk's and Steve Jobs that you need in the world. And my uncle does, he, he does really well for himself, right? And and I, I'm i like, okay, I, I kind of see where you're coming from. And I, I think that's usually the case. I mean, even in society today, like there's a lot of division and there's, you know, the haves and the haves nots, right? And the, the gap is getting wider and wider. Well, why is that happening? It's because the haves, the, the haves are... They're continually compounding their success and they're just reinvesting, reinvesting. They're continually learning more, right? The people that are actually building stuff. Whereas the ones that are the have nots, so to speak, those are the ones that are just complaining, pointing the finger and people that are just not willing to take responsibility for themselves, right? So I, I think there's always going to be that in society. Like even if we have, here, here's the thing, like you just mentioned, like things are getting better. Things are always getting better, but there's still blame always going to the rich, Right. Well, why is that? It's because people don't want to take responsibility. And so that's what I would say. I think there's always going to be people that are subpar. And then there's going to be, you know, you're going to have a contingent of people that are willing to go just a little more, just the extra mile. And then they get outsized returns. Mm. So just the extra 1%, the extra mile, the extra inch. And the 1% Eric, every day. 1% every day, the compound. I don't even know the math on that over 10 years. It's unreal, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I think each year it's like 37, 37 times or something like that. So I don't know if it's that linear, but even if I'm three times, I'm happy, <laughs> even yep. if I'm three times better. And you talked, you've been generous of your time. You talked twice as fast as me. So I feel like we got two episodes in one and I already binge marketing school any chance I get. Um, because they're so bite-sized. I can listen on a car ride. I can listen on a quick, you know, doing the dishes. I turn on marketing school. Um, so the best way I want to tell the listener, the best way to support me is to support our guests so I can continue to bring on great guests. So marketing school, baby, you and Neil Patel, that's in the notes to subscribe. But you tell me, other than marketing school, which is just a, a little nibble of what you do, what's a better way, the best way to learn about Eric Sue? Yeah, I'm going hard on YouTube right now. So I think we got like 1.4 million views this month so far. Uh, so okay. if you go to leveling up, just type in leveling up Eric Sue on YouTube, I'm going hard on that. So it's a lot of long form podcasts that I'm doing. And that is another vehicle for me to learn from other people, but I'm just sharing it with everyone. Amen. Love what you do, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Oh, hey, you're still here. Thanks for listening. If you need to take off, that's quite all right. I do have something brand new and exclusive to share. If you believe more hands-on training, peer accountability, and direct access to some of our guests from this very show would be a helpful addition to the podcast, do me a favor and head over to growgettersonly.com. That's grow, G-R-O-W, getters, G-E-T-T-E-R-S, only. Dot com, growgettersonly.com. Here you can unlock instant access to exclusive high-level mentors, training, networking, accountability, and hot seat coaching alongside fellow growth-obsessed entrepreneurs and business professionals just like yourself. All for guess what? One dollar. That's right. One dollar for 30 days. 
What's a grow-getter? In short, a growth-focused individual, especially in the business realm, who combines the relentless energy of a go-getter with a constant pursuit of self-improvement and collaboration. Is that you? Head to growgettersonly.com for some community support. This is not for you if you're looking for a quick fix rather than long-term growth. Collaboration and learning from others just doesn't seem to appeal to you. You're not ready to be part of a community that relentlessly pushes boundaries. Complacency is your comfort zone. It's not for you. If it is for you, and if you didn't turn this off yet, I do presume you're a grow-getter. And I'd love to invite you to join my new collective, Grow-Getters Only. Basically, cost to check it out, $1 for a month. It's basically free. Everything is over at growgettersonly.com. Just like I said, growgettersonly.com. Oh, yeah. And one last thing. We do put on free events as well if you can't afford the dollar. <laughs> Jokes aside, I'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you.